0: that Walk that Walk that Walk that Walk
1: that that
0: that Welcome to part 2 of this edition of the Grizzden podcast. It's about to get weird. Just letting you know right now because it's time to dream. We this is the free agency trade. This trades. is why we do this. This This is is why we're here. This is a brainstorm where there are no bad ideas, although there are some bad ideas, and we'll let each other know. No, there are bad ideas. But what I'm the the point is the spirit of of this exercise is we're going to throw out everything. Okay, we're going to empty the notebook, as they say. Um, We've all spent some time going through um, different trades, different ideas, um, and we're going to just throw them out. Right now, but first, let's let's tee up the discussion with what's actually available from a free agency perspective, based on our cap space. So, let's say that the Grizzlies do not resign, or, or excuse me, do not extend Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, Jarrett Culver, and let's say they don't draft their two first rounders. They somehow trade them away. Um, we'll have about twenty three million dollars of cap space in that scenario. If we don't re sign Tyus, Kyle, Jarrett Culver, and we do draft two first rounders, we'll have around 18 million to play with. Um, Obviously, that is, you split the difference if we only draft one first rounder. Um, So, an average, I would say, to stay conservative, around $18 million to play with. If you look at who's available in free agency, that does not necessarily get you very many guys that um, would be considered either really big swings or, um, you know, there's and there's only a limited amount too that will necessarily fit with the Grizzlies. And I want to go through at least to start some of the guys that I identified um, as just targets uh, for the Grizzlies that are currently free agents in my in my opinion. And so um, basically I did this exercise. I alluded to it in part one, but I did this exercise where I went through the whole, went through the whole league. And I basically ranked guys on a scale of one to four in two categories. The first category I called approachability. If it if they were ranked a one, it means the, the, the team is not going to be parting with them or if they were ranked, you know, one or two, it's going to be really difficult to outright sign them as a free agent based on our cap space or based on their likelihood to just return to the team they're on. So threes and four is like the team is literally trying to give them away. Think Russell Westbrook. Um, he was one of the only fours. Like he and John Wall, I think, are the only two fours I had on my list. Three is like a great scenario, great place to be for Kyrie's not on that list. Um. I'll have to check and see what, where Kyrie was for me. Um, but then the other, uh, the other criteria were fit, and I considered that role in contract. So obviously one would be like the worst fit, four would be the best possible fit. So adding those two things together, I figured out that six, like if you add them together, six is a great threshold by which to then judge who we should be going after. So I'm going to read off... I think it's about like 10 or 11 guys that are either restricted or unrestricted free agents that I identified that can number one be potentially approachable and number two be a potential fit based on the team needs that we identified. First guy on the list, Miles Bridges. Second guy on the list, Jalen Brunson. This isn't in any particular order, by the way. This is just alphabetical by what teams they're on. TJ Warren. Avery Bradley, Markeith Morris, Gary Harris, Mo Bamba, Joe Ingles, Jeremy Lamb, Lonnie Walker, and Thaddeus Young. So they those guys are either restricted free agents or unrestricted free agents. I think they not only fit potentially into what we're trying to go for, which is um, size that can play make or shoot, and they also or a backup point guard potentially. Um, and there there also is a chance. That we could get them. Bridges is the one that he's definitely going to come up for us later on, but he's the one that would be the hardest to get out of those guys. But um, as far as free agency, those were the, the names that I listed. Number one, did y'all have similar names? And if so, let's let's talk about them and see. Like, is this a realistic thing that could happen? So, Kraft, what what did you have? Um, from that I mean,
1: process? that's your. Did you have um, did you have Mitchell Robinson on there? No, I actually did not. So have he's Robinson. another guy that just. I think he's going to be too much, but that's just somebody who I had out there as like just thought it could be interesting um depending on if we had to throw Stephen Adams in a trade or something to have a guy like that who kind of does that.
2: Yeah. You didn't want to put Ayton in in that category? <sighs> he's another one. Let's talk about Ayton. Um, we need to have
0: the conversation. Let's have it. Ty, you have some thoughts, it looks like. the
3: There's there's some positives, Satan, but I feel like the negatives outweigh the positives, and the negatives are the contract. He is going to get the max of all maxes from someone. Do we really want that to be us? I would say no. Um,
2: he doesn't check fit. He doesn't check fit in, in this exercise.
3: Well, I think the fit could be okay. That's the weird part. As far as, like, on our team, like, what that looks like, I will say the fact that he essentially quit on his team in Game 7 of the playoffs this past year doesn't bode well. Doesn't It's not a great look there when his coach benched him um, and then wouldn't talk about it after the game. I think the fact that Phoenix is willing to let him go, if that's truly the case, I think is also should show something. But I think, like, on the floor, theoretically, positionally, I think it does make a little bit of sense. Um, I just don't think I want a guy who's probably going to leave Phoenix wanting more touches on offense to be on our roster.
0: I'm completely out, by the way. Okay. Completely out. And it has to do primarily with his contract and the position he plays with that contract. He can shoot a little bit from the elbow, but he's not a guy that I see, um, like he's a guy in like two years that I see us really regretting because we're going to miss out on signing a wing that we really need who's all of a sudden going to come available with trades. And I do not, like Ayton to me is destined for a team that is like below average in every respect um, and he wants to get paid. Like I think he's overvaluing himself and I think Phoenix would be smart to maybe let him walk, honestly, um, which is more of probably a hot take than thinking that he doesn't fit on the Grizzlies. But
1: anyway, that's those are my thoughts on Aiden. I mean, I think I think the quitting on the team thing was really oh, real a big hurt. a big weird. I mean, as far as the culture, uh, Grizz culture, that's a weird, that's really weird to me. But I think I think I agree. Like like I'm somebody who thinks we might be getting Aiden in three or four years after he's been bought out by a team, um, <laughs> and he wants to win a ring with us. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad. That's a really hot take, but because I think he is, he does fit. But but again, I think are we going to play him and Jaron in closing lineups in the playoffs? I I just don't know, especially against a team like the Clippers, um, who's going to be playing five wings um, in the next two three years. I don't know. I mean, I think that's that would be the or a team like the Mavs or a lot of teams that might be playing that small ball stuff. So that that's the fit stuff.
0: There's another guy that's similar to Aiden, in my opinion, um, which is Jalen Brunson. He's kind of another guy that's due to get paid who hasn't yet and could be an interesting guy from the – I had him on the list. He barely made it to me because of his self-creation and the position he plays. Could be like an incredible backup point guard, but he's not a guy who wants a backup role right now. Like, What do you all think about Brunson um, in terms of his fit? with this team potentially, and if we could take a shot that way.
2: I'm probably as out on Brunson with this team as you are out on Aiden with this team. I don't really know if I need to go into more detail. I mean, that's just like paying an expensive, shorter, better creator Tyus Jones. I don't know what that does for us. Uh,
1: with both of them, we're also paying a lot of money for positions. that is That would be backup point guard and centers that I think you can find very adequate ones on the free agent market for really cheap um and so it's just it's hard to put a lot of money in that when you already have a rim you know rim protector defensive player of the year a candidate like I don't know why we need another big guy that, so, when we could get a when Stephen Adams is going to be make 50% of what he makes and I think we can get either an Adams later or other people for even cheaper
2: so who on your list that you read off were wings? Because, like, let's not – point guard and centers are let, – let's yeah. check those off. Let's let's talk about the wings. TJ
0: Warren was the one that I know definitely has gotten the most – so the three guys, in my opinion, that have gotten the most buzz in terms of Grizzly, not only Grizzly circles but nationally are – and these aren't just free agents, but TJ Warren, OG Ananobi, and Miles Bridges. And I would say Warren is the most gettable out of the three for sure, because of his injury um, concerns. He's an unrestricted free agent, so he can sign anywhere. We have the what is considered to be the perfect amount of cap space, potentially, for him. Um, if you want to do a shorter deal, like I proposed a one plus one with him at like $20 million, um, like a uh, two-year $40 million and either the second year is partially guaranteed or it's a team option or something like that. Um, but TJ Warren was on the list. Gary Harris is a really interesting one to me for his defense. And he's kind of had – he's been a reclamation project on the, on the Magic this year and actually has played well. Um, Ingles is one. I don't know what's mm. his ACL stuff going on, but he's like a potential minimum guy. Yeah, so I'm
1: that's, that's where I – I mean, I had him, and he would be – because he's not going to be able to play at the beginning of the season. Right. But he is somebody who of interest, if we have an extra roster spot – and it's like, hey, sign one year for a small amount with us. You'll be on TV a lot. Um, and you'll be just like potentially a, somebody who can bring the ball up, back up, point guard type person, kind of wing, just veteran presence, spin there. He fits our culture. Um, so he's somebody that I would look at that. you know that That's what I would look at for him is like, is he going to actually be able to really play next year? But we could get him on a minimum and, hey, we're a winner. So
0: Trivia question. Do y'all know what team Joe Ingles is currently on? I mean he's an unrestricted free agent. I'm but... Portland. Yeah, he Let's got go. it. <laughs> People forget he's a he's a trailblazer. Uh, Lonnie Walker is another one. He's a restricted free agent. A lot of wings in San Antonio. A <laughs> lot of wings. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, Markeith Morris
1: rounds out like the wing-sized guys. Oh, um, I we also have um. Uh, if if he if the Clippers don't pluck, pick up his option, which I don't think they will, but Batum's also out there. Batum was another one. Yes, yeah. Batum could potentially be a. That's I'm good. A free agent. I'll
3: mention one big um, Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh,
0: he's on my list.
3: Okay. No, um, no, no, no. Go. No, Go. I was just going to mention him because like if something uh, crap, you mentioned this earlier. If something does happen with Adams in a trade, and we're looking to fill like that, you know spot starter big, but then not closing lineup big, like Hartenstein. Hartenstein is like literally the perfect player to do that, to play you 20 to 25 minutes a night, playoff rotation gets a little bit limited, plays his role crazy well. Um, I think that would be a, definitely like a big to mention as far as like a maybe mid-level or under type contract, maybe like a three year fifteen million, something I don't know. He may get more than that. I'm not really sure. Definitely a backup big starter maybe for us because Jaron maybe not ready for the full time five spot.
0: But that's a name to to keep in mind. He and Jaron, I'm telling you right now, analytically would be the best defensive front court in the NBA mm-hmm. if they played together. And I'm not saying that would pass the eye test, but it would be true analytically. Because the Hartenstein
1: is that good. Uh, and has flown completely under the yeah. radar. He's a good – If I mean, I don't I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've wa- watched in a lot of their games. Like, he's a good screener, too, mm. uh, for that kind of pick-and-roll stuff. That's important with John Morant.
2: Um, go, Brian. I feel like on – the like, jumping back into the wing discussion really quickly, to me it sounded like on the list there's really even, like, two age-tier splits there. You're kind of talking, like, vets versus younger players – and I sort of – I don't really know which direction we would go if we went the free agency route because I think a lot of it sort of hinges on all the other stuff that we've talked about, like what you do with Kyle. Mm. Are, are you looking to maybe replace some veteran-type um, age bracket-type consideration if you lose a Kyle or you have to get rid of Adams based on some other thing and you want some other vet, veteran-type presence there? Um, or you just push in a little bit more chips on a younger player and say this is another part of the core. It's it sort of my intuition for whatever reason right now is telling me that we won't go into trying to sign a free agent core piece. Mm-hmm. That we'll go after some sort of, hey, let's use a little bit of our cap space to add upside and raise our ceiling next year without adding more liability to our future.
0: That's where I like either the Warren piece or the Ingles piece. And wait, what are you
2: saying? But Warren's sub 30, man. He's only 28.
0: I mean, yeah, but he's also has, I think teams are spooked by his injuries. Um, He would, I don't know. i You would call him veteran. You would call him veteran. He's a vet for sure. Mo Bamba is one that I'm unironically un- going to throw out there because of his shooting. Uh, he could be a piece. Can I we think talk about
2: Warren. Well, like, let's talk about Warren for a second. Yeah, this is please. your guy. This is tell us like he, he for just looking at Basketball Reference, he played in four games this past year. That's not a lot. He was hurt. Yep. Um, he, I feel like it's sort of like a fringe gris killer. When we play him, I like the idea of trying to sign a grist killer. So, Kyle Anderson kind of was a grist killer before he came and played on our team, by the way, man, is like, he, in a weird way. Is
1: TJ really 6'8"? Is he that tall? <laughs> like He so, never t- t- He never t- so,
0: played 6'8",
1: it felt like. Nah,
0: leave, I thought he would be 6'5", 66 I six mean, eight. he's yeah. like
2: six-man type guy. Come off the bench. Maybe take Melton minutes. Light it up. Yeah, he definitely takes Kyle minutes. Yeah, he
0: to me, I mean, the biggest question mark would be the defensive end just due to the injuries and like has he lost a step, but he could athletically keep up with, you know, any any guy like two through four. He was great against Uh, I'd have no like to me. That's one of the most inexplicable um, parting of like he was scoring like upper teens with Phoenix before they let him go. Um, in that weird period of time. And obviously, they ended up fine. But uh, anyway, yeah. And he had that uh, just insane bubble performance, too, where he was just unfi- on fire. The Grizzlies, I feel like, could use a guy like Warren. And it would be a great place for him to also not have the pressure. Because, like, think about how the Grizzlies deal with injuries. Like, hmm. in my opinion, we, we've we proven that we we've prioritized, like, the medical recovery PT side really well because jaw you know, we're not, we're not obviously with Jaron we waited way long to make sure he was all the way back with jaw You always thought that it was going to be longer than it was, but then he was back and like looked great. So I trust our staff um, to really do what's right for him. And also would want there to be some, some flexibility in the contract just in case.
3: I like the contract point that you made. Um, People have floated out, like, hey, if you want to bring Tyus back, do, like, a one-year big deal, like one-year $18 million or something like that to keep him, like, to your point earlier, that would be awesome for TJ Warren if everything else just – you know, if our grand plans fall flat. I'll say this about TJ Warren. So, his first year in Indiana um, was the 2019-2020 season. He – Played 67 games and started 67 games. The most games he's played in his entire career, by the way, was 67. So it's not like this past year was his only injury-prone year. He's he's injured a pretty good bit. Definitely. um, Which is not great. I will say that year he averaged 20 points and shot 40% from three. Um, If we could get that guy in Kyle Anderson's role... Like and goodness, a, also right? had a
1: very good defensive rating, too. That yeah,
3: like if we could, would I hate when people do this too because they're like, like when they talk that people talk about Russell Westbrook, be like, man, Russ triple does, like he hadn't averaged that in like four years, okay? So the fact that TJ Warren like could come out and add and score 20 on 40 percent from three and play 70 games, if you look at everything, like I made this horrible mistake with Justice Winslow. I thought he was going to be like peak Miami Heat Justice Winslow because he had one good year with them, And I don't think it's fair to do that to T.J. Warren either. So the most likely scenario is that he plays 55 to 60 games, plays 18 to 22 minutes a night in a bench role. Yes, he's a really good shooter. Kind of reminds me of what Otto Porter is doing for Golden State right now. Like if we could have T.J. Warren in that type of role, like a big wing who can defend, shoot, rebound, not playing a ton of minutes, does his role injured a lot? I'm pretty sure they're the same age, which is crazy because they both seem like they've been in the league for a while. Like if we could get that guy, um, that would be that would be great. I love the TJ Warren thought though.
0: What do y'all think about Thad Young as just kind of like a vet? Can potentially if if everything else kind of falls and we don't get the trades we want, you know, he's a guy that to me not only is he Memphis got that connection. But he's then uh, just gonna be like he's a stretch four slash five six eight can shoot it especially from the corners that's kind of his specialty can rebound like what do y'all think about that as just kind of like a
1: fringe option he's he would be a good Kyle replacement yeah you know type of person although obviously more of the forward more of the front court than he he couldn't like bring the ball up like totally like Kyle does but could but yeah but like that would be I mean I think definitely fits the culture thing a good player, you know? Yeah.
3: I just feel like it would be hard to bring, like if, if Brandon Clark is still on the roster and Tillman is still on the roster and Z is clearly trying to, I know he's going to play more of the three. I could see Dylan playing more of that power forward role too, moving forward. Like if we do like a heavy wing, have like Zaire and Dylan on the floor with Jaron or something like that. It's just hard. You could already see Kyle's role diminishing, and I don't think that was because him being bad. I think it was just, like, the way our team was playing. Um, I don't really know if we would go out and spend money on a guy that the role isn't,
0: like, clear and set and defined. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Ty, you were mentioning a potential backup point guard that's been thrown out there, if all all else fails. Uh, An Atlanta Hawk. Right now he was formerly on the Grizzlies in Delon, right?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure like his second game with us after the trade he had and a triple, triple double. double. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. wild. <laughs> he did. Um, I think the, the interesting thing about him is that he's your six five combo backup point guard who can kinda run your offense a little bit. Good defender, not like great at one thing, can do like a lot of things, you know, yeah. a lot of things decently well. Right? Like a great like twelve to fifteen minute a night guy that can be your backup point guard and do a little bit of extra stuff. Um, I think that's an interesting name, too. I want to say this, too, to start. Um, two names that you threw out that are very interesting to me, and the reason they're interesting is because I think that opens the door for us to be a little bit more maybe trade-happy or a little bit like, I don't know, kind of free-flying with, with one of our players that seems to have really high value. So Gary Harris and Lonnie Walker – to me, are two guys that are really interesting. The reason is they're both 6'4", 6'5". Um, Gary Harris fell off a cliff there at the end of his Denver run. Really had a decent year in Orlando. Um, he played pretty well. Um, he's always been a really strong defender. Plays crazy hard. Great size for like that two-guard spot. Again, he got his three-point percentage, I think, up back 38-39% like this past year, which is pretty impressive. Lonnie Walker is one of the most athletic people in the league. Um, jump out of the gym. Um, has a little creation to him, has a little bit of like mid-range kind of pull-up game, great in transition, all that kind of stuff. The big reason I, I bring up those two guys, and I'm, I'm sure y'all are already seeing this, is that to me makes makes D'Anthony Melton extremely expendable. Um, if teams truly value him like other people have said that they value him, we may look into like trading up in the draft here in a little bit. But packaging Melton and some other stuff to either move up or get another guy we want, if we know that we can potentially fill not only the Melton role, but kind of that little bit of tyus ish kind of combo guard, play with Jaw a little bit, maybe backup ball handler shooter. If we could fill that role with a free agent making less than Melton, which I don't think Lonnie Walker would make mess, but less, but Gary Harris might. I just think that's a really interesting thought. To if you think about like okay what if Melton's you know throw we throw him in a trade to get something, um, I think to fill that role and I think the Melton role on our team and the way Jenkins wants to play is important. I think having that six three to six five guard who's scrappy plays hard defense rebounds well like I think that's an important role for how Jenkins wants to play. If you look at Bud System Conaton plays a ton in that role. Uh, D. Shinzo played a ton in that role. Like I think that is 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 a big role for Jenkins too. And I think you could find both those guys could fill that role extremely well, in my opinion.
0: I love it. Uh, for what it's worth, Lonnie Walker restricted, so we'd have to submit an offer sheet for him and and wait to see if that got matched by San Antonio after everything, after the dust settled on everything. But I'm interested to see what type of offers he's going to get and whether San Antonio decides to move forward. Um, okay, the last free agent, unless you guys have anybody else, I really want to talk about, and I think it kind of transitions really well into our trade conversations, is Miles Bridges. Because there's an argument to be made that he um, he he is the all-in piece if we were going to go all-in this offseason. Um, restricted free agent. There hasn't been a ton of confirmation from the Charlotte side on whether or not they're going to match just anything that gets offered for him. Presumably, he's going to get a max deal based on his position, based on his age, and based on his production last season. Uh, Charlotte isn't a team that has necessarily had a lot of uh, historic success, Um you know, the argument for them to keep him at all costs is, is that, I mean, they, they finally found something, uh, that could potentially be part of their long-term future. The argument for Memphis is, you know, he's a guy that fits perfectly in that role that, that you're going to need and can also shoot. He can defend. He's freak athlete and, uh, went to a school called Michigan state. And so, um, in order to actually get miles bridges though, we would have to create space, which means we would have to really engage in a sign and trade honestly would probably be the only route to get miles bridges, which leads to the question of um, number one, how do you guys value miles bridges? And number two, what are you willing to give up in order to get him in
1: a sign and trade? I mean, for me, so I would say if you had asked me this question a year ago and I had thought that we had any chance of getting him, I would have been like, give him the money Uh, because he shot 40% from three coming off that coming off a really career year. And for me though, he, you know, obviously the points went up this year, but a lot of the, he was a lot less efficient this year. His three point percentage went way down this year or, you know, back to first two years level, which makes you begin to think that year three was the outlier. Uh, and so that makes me more hesitant. Um, that I do think that, um, he does seem to be less a creator and more a, um, it would be a great fit next to, basically he would be an upgrade over Brandon. Mm -hmm. And to me, uh, I think as we talked about, as we've talked about, I think shot creation playmaking, uh, he would be a very versatile defender, but, um, and the athleticism I like. But that is the thing that gives me pause is now we have, um, like, it would have to be like, man, I know in a year or two, Jaron is like going to be someone who can pass amazingly off a double team and create shots for other people. And I just don't know if that's the case. So, interesting point about
3: you said Brandon replacement. I think that's really interesting. To me, it's more of a, a Dylan replacement. Um, I see Miles Bridges being our, like, if this happens, which I don't think it will, um, that's that's being our starting three guard. We talked about our tiers, Ja, Bane, Jaron. This is adding him to that tier, essentially, as our starting three moving forward. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be worth like the max contract that he's going to get. I just don't see it. I think he's a really good player. I think he's super solid. Him making thirty plus million dollars a year, if that's truly what it happens, I just don't think that's a good call. Like, call me crazy, but I'd rather have Dylan on a fourteen million dollar year deal versus him on a thirty million. Well, and Dylan deal. and
1: Brandon combined for less. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah. for.
0: I, I was doing the trade machine stuff earlier and really the trade one of the only ones that's gonna work is uh Miles Bridges and Mason Plumley in return for Adams, Dylan and B C. Mm-hmm. And you got some draft stuff in there probably too that you can argue about. But lostly
1: a plumley, but
0: <laughs> well Plumley would be yeah. more of the salary uh filler right. no, and know. then the a- Adams backfill. because mm-hmm. uh, 'cause I'm not I'm not a Plumley fan at all, but it's what you're going to have to do in order to get them. It does help that we have cap space. Like we
3: you kind of mentioned this on the front end. Yeah. I don't know if this was off pod or on pod, but you mentioned like, if you look at like contending teams and their cap situation, like it's comical, how much space we have. That is a way to use it is to take, send out less, receive more, pay miles bridges more, right? Because we can take on an extra however many 15, 16, 17, 18 million dollars just by paying him. So we don't have to match exactly. Like, we're not dealing with like a hard yeah. cap or anything like that. You That's have it. to
0: get it within a certain margin. You do. But right. your point is well taken. We can be the team that takes
2: more salary than yes.
0: that. Yeah. We um, have a
1: lot of trade exceptions. Like, we have, we six, have a, seven million, I think.
0: I think it's around four. Four. Yeah. Okay.
2: I would say the other sort of just like consideration is that his best year was LaMelo's first year. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I was kind of thinking, like, a, they sort of maybe put the ball in the put the ball in the hands more this year, versus his rookie season. I mean, he had the ball a lot in his rookie season too, but that may be a reason why he averaged as much as he did from a three point perspective. This year, he went up though, maybe with Lamelo creating, so that, that it's kind of like this weird like. Thing where maybe with Lamelo creating more, it allowed Bridges to shine. I, it's it's sort of an interesting sort of discussion of well, if Jaws the better the better Lamelo, does his game get even elevated even more? But I I don't really fall one way. I just don't. I personally just don't see us spending that on a young player this off season. I I just would be shocked.
0: It's it's basically the only option for that all-in package. Uh in in terms of like age uh skill set size. So, but um okay, any other free agents before we move to trades?
3: No, I would just put like the like Miles Bridges isn't going anywhere. Like this is fun hypothetical talk. I just highly doubt he leaves Charlotte. Like Charlotte is about to hire a new coach. Like they are literally starting anew in their franchise and they're gonna wanna keep around a twenty four year old guy who just averaged twenty and eight. Right? Like that's a guy they're gonna want to keep.
1: And in a small market, he's very exciting. Yeah,
3: like they're not like he's not going anywhere. It would take like Dylan, Melton, B C two first. Like it would take everything we got. And we're not gonna do that.
0: Um they have a lot of young players too on pretty cheap deals, including LaMelo. Right. So it the could only be other the thing tongue.
3: that you could yeah, we'll get to
0: that later. But. All right. Um, let's move to trades. Uh, I think we should start with the Ananobi situation. I think that's the one that's actually been reported. And it's just the fact that he's, uh, there is a non zero chance that he wants to get moved somewhere and that the Raptors might be floating it out. What are our general Ananobi thoughts? How do we see him in terms of fit? And what would y'all be willing to give up in order to get Ananobi?
1: I mean, I'll just say he's one of the few players out there that to me is an obvious upgrade over Dylan Brooks. Um, and, uh, you know, and so for me it would be if there was some way we could get him without giving up the other three, um, the top three, um, and maybe, well, and hopefully not Zaire either, but, um, but that would be my big, like he would be, um, he'd be, he's one of the few guys out there. I'm like, he is obviously better with us than Dylan Brooks is. So,
2: he clearly raises our ceiling next year and you know the next couple of years right i mean so man I, like i guess w- let me say it this way what do you think what is what is being floated as what it's going to take to get him we're dealing with another competent franchise yeah which that's sucks. who, who want
1: who who has a lot of wings and wants to center. Um, see, Seemingly, I mean, that's at least from listening to other people, that's something that they would would like, and we don't necessarily have that to, to give up. So,
3: so that's but, a good point with the wing thing because a lot of people, like, your initial inclination is like, oh, Dylan's in the trade. Like, to me, if you're Toronto, why are you trading OG and getting back kind of like the worst, like a little bit worse version of that for like an extra first round pick? Like, to me... Toronto may be looking to fill, like, different different roles. Like, to me, Brandon Clark would make a lot of sense to them. To me, D'Anthony Melton would make a lot of sense for them. Like, those are the two guys in the trade that would make the most sense. And, honestly, if you just take D'Anthony and BC for OG, like, that works, right? Like, that trade is a success. It can happen. I, I, I think picks would ha- potentially have to be yeah. thrown in for that. But, like, yeah. as far as player swaps, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. For I have Adams like in and the trades sure. with them, too, sure. because
0: they're going to need a five. Sure. Um, and that just makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, Melton is also there. I would just, like you were saying, Kraft, like, does it make it, if OG was on the table and they said it, it's going to take Dylan Brooks, Like, is that a deal breaker
1: for you guys? Nope. Like it's it's the other four. I mean, which yeah. maybe should go you know go back to my tears, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's Zaire that would be the the one that would be the more nervous that they would ask for, um, because I don't I don't think we would trade Bane Jaw or Jaren for OG.
3: Okay, so Dylan and two firsts for OG. He's, what do y'all say?
1: Yes,
2: I, yes,
0: yeah. Our firsts are not going to be good for the foreseeable future as well.
1: I mean, I'd okay. I'd yeah I'd be willing to part with the twenty twenty four Warriors one too. Same. At some point. OG's perfect.
0: He's perfect for us because he is like one of the best. (laughs) He's one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league right now. Like he has injury concerns, which is the only thing that would make me nervous about Masai being Mm. like, yeah, go ahead. Mm. Like we know some things that you don't know about his whatever knee or whatever. It's like hurting him. The heat did with justice. They're like take him. Yeah. So there might be some PTSD there, but I also think that if healthy, he is the other part of this too is, He's reportedly wanting a bigger role offensively on a team, and I don't think he could possibly take the amount of shots that Dylan has taken in the past. <laughs> so I'm willing to give him an upgrade if it's less field goal attempts than Dylan Brooks has had <laughs> in ga- in games so like that could pretty much work well, especially if he wants to try and grow his his actual one on one game offensively. right I mean
1: I mean the reality check is for us. I mean, even in, unless we're just an amazing team in three or four years, dynasty like culture. But like, we're we're gonna have to take advantage of a team who has to unload a guy because he's unhappy and wants to leave, and that. So that to me is the big part of this: is he doesn't want to be there, and so now we can kind of we, we have a chance at like not getting just destroyed with having to give up everything for him. Um, you know, so do you
2: think we're a place that he would want to come play?
0: Why not? Who who does not want to play with John Morant right now? That's my question. And just our On the culture. young team. I mean, John, Jaron, what else do we need to say? And we'll pay you. You know, you have a role. If you're good enough, like, we have the room. We have a rich owner. <laughs> like, come on. Um. All right. What are other trade candidates? I have a can, list here.
2: Can I ask this real quick? What's the likelihood that OG happens? I'm going to say
3: a a low percentage likelihood that happens. I I would like – my first thought was like 10%. I think we would have to call Toronto and basically be like, what will it take? Kind of like how like the Paul George OKC thing in Toronto. Masai's like, we want this, 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 and this. And Klyman's like, okay. And then like that's the way the deal works.
1: I also – I mean, for me, I, I, I wonder if our front office would be so quick to give up Dylan for OG as we are.
3: I don't think so. That's like, that's another thought is like, I think, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think so.
0: I'm not saying I agree with it. I just don't think so. Yeah. I think the other part of it too is they've proven that even in the big swings, they're trying to be on the positive value side of the trades. And this is not a trade that I think you're going to end up winning necessarily from a value standpoint, unless things play out, like unless We send somebody like B C and he just tanks or whatever. So
3: Again, kind of when I was talking about so another way to think about this is let's say we do like a two player, two for one, right? We trade two, we get like so for instance, let's say they just have to have Dylan and like so you have Adams in there. Let's say they don't ask for that, they ask for Dylan and B C or Dylan and D Anthony, something like that. Back to the earlier point, if we trade D Anthony to me in free agency, I feel like we could make a run at someone that could replace him. BC, you could argue we could do the exact same thing. Maybe not the exact role. Um, I'll just throw this at now because a lot of people have mentioned that this probably isn't new if you've kind of fallen the Grizzlies a little bit. But, like, Kyle Kuzma could potentially be available from Washington. Washington does literally have zero point guards on the roster. Ty and signing trade. Like, little stuff like that. You could see us kind of filling those spots, right? Because we will still have flexibility financially. OG does not cost a ton of money. is not that much money, especially in today's world with a starting three guard of his quality, right? So I feel like we could kind of shift things around. Will, to your point earlier, like our picks aren't going to be like these just sought after like gold tickets, right? We're not going to be like, oh my gosh, a 2025 Grizz pick. That's going to be amazing, right? Like, no, it's probably not. It's probably going to be like definitely in the 20s if everything goes well. So you have to kind of think of the value there too, right? And I'm sure Toronto's like, I mean, that's not a ton of value, like taking on your picks. Um, I don't know. You've
2: seen you've seen things happen before though. So Here's the counter, which I don't want to think about this, but we're one John Morant tweaked ankle away mid-season to where a pick is worth it. In the Western Conference where you've got a lot of, you've got some teams that can just, you know, jump in with when, when healthy, you know, like I'm all in on how well we were, but like, if you don't have Tyus and jaw tweaks an ankle and all of a sudden it's like bad enough to where you have to hold him out. I mean, he could have a season like that. Steph Curry had seasons like that and the warriors, all of a sudden their picks were worth it. And you're like, damn, I wish we had our pick.
0: Good point. That's very interesting. Um, okay. I'm, y'all tell me if you don't want to do this, but I have this list right here of all the guys that I've made, like from this, that spreadsheet that I referenced earlier, what I did was I took, uh, I took height. Uh, this is a stupid formula. Y'all are going to laugh. Basically what I was, the things that I thought were the most important were height, age, true shooting percentage, and defensive rating. And so what I did was I made a formula basically like height and I converted to inches. I said, Height minus age is like great, because um, the higher the number, the better. Uh, average shoe shooting the last three seasons. You don't percentage. give away
2: the smarts here, man. And
0: I, mean. I go ahead if y'all want to do this, go ahead. And then average defense rating the last three, and basically did a, a calculation with that. And um, I'll, I'm just gonna read y'all the ranking that came out of this formula. So this is this is the modern day PER basically for the Grizzlies. Number one on the list from this formula, Harrison Barnes. And keep in mind, these are the lists of guys that I thought were not only gettable, but they fit this role that we're looking for. So yeah. I, this isn't the full league. This is like who I've determined sort of subjectively. Right. Next on the list, interestingly enough, Trey Lyles. He'd be a very, very, very like minimum guy. He's, that's a small sample size guy. I know. Cam Reddish, Nas Reed, Miles Turner, Jeremy Grant, OG... Dorian Finney Smith, Larry Nance Jr., Maxi Kleba, Terrence Davis, Danilo Gallinari, Andrew Wiggins, Tim Hardaway Jr., Bojan Bogdanovich, Kevin Love, Gordon Hayward, almost done, Jamichael Green, Justin Holiday, Kenrich Williams, Terrence Ross, Jay Crowder, Jordan Clarkson, Nick Batum, Will Barton, Matisse Tybel, and Kelly Oubre. Those were the list of guys.
2: Interesting that Oubre was.
1: Very bottom,
2: <laughs> so. yeah.
0: Barton, Tybal, Ubre, rounded out the bottom three. Uh, out of those guys, the the one that two notes I wanted to make on this too is like the um. I thought that Gordon Hayward and Kevin Love options were kind of funny that they were in there, but Hayward has one year left. He would be kind of like the one year he's then rolls off your books. Like go for it this next season, and then uh, same with Kevin Love, um, who just. His contract is similar to Hayward's
3: so of those guys who stuck out to you of of guys that you would you would like go after Barnes and would be is willing really interesting yeah. to yeah. me
0: because he's the veteran Kyle replacement, he can play defense, he can shoot he he's a team guy through sure. and through Barnes, I thought yeah. was really interesting that he – uh and miles Turner always seems to show yeah. up
1: on these lists so, for us, so so one of the so it's funny that you did that, so my list that I did was kind of. I grabbed the teams that I felt like I would want to trade with. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of that is because their history, their history of being able to be taken advantage of. Uh, They're in that place where uh, they want to win now, um, but they're not, you know, they're not good enough, but they want to win now. They want to make the playoffs. So they want to make some moves. Also teams that maybe have high draft picks, and now it looks like they might be you know there might be a glut of something, so like in Orlando Magic, who are not going to make the playoffs, but they just got a lot of players and probably are interested in getting rest in people because they have totally. a high draft pick. Um, and so that's what's interesting for me about the kings, because the Kings kind of hit all of those things of having a lot of guys, especially having a lot of guys that play similar positions, and having and having players like Harrison Barnes Rashawn Holmes, and other people that I think would be interesting. For the Grizzlies, that and I think that they could potentially be interested in things that we're willing to give them. The one problem is Kings probably won't be interested in our draft picks because they always think they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> um, but I think Harrison Barnes is is a big one for me that like stood out as gettable and that would immediately I think like increase our sort of ceiling, especially like just like that to be you know a Kyle Anderson improvement like. And- people yeah. that would make us better than we were last year. He's
0: also one year left on his deal, so theoretically if you trade for him, it would probably take having an extension number in mind for him that's mm-hmm. lower than what he's making right now, which is 18. So it's like you could potentially have him for four more years if you trade for him now. Yeah. Do y'all have a y'all have a specific trade layout
3: for Harrison Barnes? No. Do you
0: have one craft?
1: I don't have one. I should have. No. So it, when I mean, you all
3: say gettable, and y'all don't even have and have a trade? No, I mean I think it it would take.
1: They would probably. I mean, we could just take them into our tra- cap space. Technically, okay. yeah, they would true. create
3: a huge trade exception.
0: They would. It okay. Would. No, these are more like. I don't think that we would have to give up an untouchable guy in sure. order to get these. Okay, so I just Besides have one. I just yep. have an idea of one. So
3: this Let's is go. Kyle. No, the, no longer there. We're not right. The Kings aren't going to sign and trade for Kyle. Right. Kyle is going to a contender if he leaves Memphis. He's not going to Sacramento. Um, Tyus, they have a billion point guards, which kind of leads to <laughs> the do. issue with the trade. But so Harrison Barnes for uh, Melton and, and pick twenty nine of this year's draft. What do y'all say? Call it in. Yeah. Yep. Yes.
2: I'll take it. I
1: mean he's, I I would I'm pausing just cuz I I still have a soft spot for Melton but I think the reality check of where I think our front office feels or coaching staff feels about Melton that that would be one So
3: who says no sure. in that scenario? So again, we get Harrison Barnes, the Kings get Melton, who again, they also have he's not going to start for them most likely. Uh Harrison Barnes started for them most of the year. Um pretty pivotal player for their rotation. Um and then they get twenty nine. I mean,
0: the Kings probably can't do
3: anything also with that. Gonna, I'd obviously
1: so. I'd give up twenty two.
0: Yeah, but it also depends on who they draft at four. You know, it's like if they take Shadon on um, Sharp or something like sure. that, who they want to develop and don't yeah. want Barnes to clog. And it's like, what are the Kings doing right now? Like, they're just—I mean, they're—they're they're they delusional. In? Yeah. Like in the fact that they just are holding on to this playoff aspiration right now, which they really should just freaking i don't know what they should do but like rework their whole team uh but that that would be the only problem with the trade is like if they are some for some reason holding on hope to this so let's say
3: this let's say sacramento's like no we don't want 29 we want brandon clark so the trade would be harrison barnes for melton and bc
1: Hmm. i'd say no to that
3: okay
0: uh that's okay i would probably say no because there's other guys that we could probably get to not put BC in the deal
1: that are comparable. And he only has one year left on his contract. And I'm just not year.
2: as high on Harrison Barnes. I mean, so I wouldn't give yeah. up. I'm fine. Melton is a nothing to me.
1: Like, my, like I would see – I mean, honestly, I would see if it's the – like, if the Kings get somebody at four and they just look at their roster and they're wanting to do – I mean, they're probably not going to do that. But they're just thinking, you know – Harrison and DeMontis, Sabonis, don't really work out together. We're we're trying to figure things out, and then we are like, hey, do you want the 22 pick? We'll take Harrison Barnes' contract or something like that. I mean, this could also be – honestly, he's a big expiring contract at the deadline too so this could be like a deadline move that we could make
3: the other small thought I had was Rashawn Holmes I don't know if that would be included in any kind of way but like Sabonis and Rashawn Holmes I don't know how that would work together see I think I think Harrison Barnes plays great with Sabonis because Sabonis is very much like ball in his hands at the elbow making plays Harrison Barnes is floating on the perimeter just ready to nail threes Um, I could see him then wanting to hang on there But if they're just kind of like, let's just get off the contract, let's try to get younger players, more assets, whatever that looks like, and Rashawn Holmes is somehow involved too, and then they ask for, I don't know, a little bit bigger contract. I don't know if they would take on the expiring of Steven Adams, you know, kind of what we, you know, take on a little bit longer contract to get assets back. I don't know if we would attach a future first to that. I highly doubt we would ever do that. That's a thought too. Um, but that's the only, only real thing that makes sense for us. And I guess I'm not a Kings fans. So I don't really know how they think about Harrison Barnes, but if you get Melton, you get a combo guard, they can do a little bit of everything and another first round pick, even though it's late and you give up an $18 million contract in Harrison Barnes, like maybe there's something there. I'm not really sure that gives you more cap space to take on other assets to or take on other money to get assets back. Something like that. I don't really know. Um, just an interesting thought. But that's the only real thing I could I could come up with there.
0: Before the conference finals, my two favorite candidates were Maxi Kleba and Dorian, Finney, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, Kleba especially. He's just like the stretch four that uh, also defends so well. And at this point now that the Mavs have just had this run, I think that they're probably going to hesitate to move either of those guys, especially Finney-Smith.
1: Well, they might be moving him to the Jazz for Gobert.
0: That's a, that's an option if the Bulls don't get Gobert. Um, mm-hmm. Kleba does not have – like, he has this weird, non-guaranteed uh, year for 22-23, and the guarantee date is the 3rd of July, which is right in between that free agency period. So they're going to have to decide on that. My guess is they'll guarantee that because it's only $9 million for him. Um, Gallinari – was another one that stuck out to me. What do y'all think about him? He kind of has that self-creation. He's probably going to get waived because he has a partial guarantee. Um, I think it's like $5 million guarantee, and the Hawks have been one of those teams who seem like they're going to try to shake things up. What do y'all think yeah. about Gallo on like a smaller deal? I with think us. we're like three years too late.
2: I mean, but I mean, could he be like Otto Porter on our team? I don't know.
0: Porter is another guy actually who's an unrestricted free agent
1: who we didn't talk about.
2: I don't want Otto necessarily, but like I used to love Gallinari, but I don't no. necessarily want him on.
1: I mean, he's one, he's a I mean, it's the last year so he's an expiring 22 21.5 it's a lot for But I mean, I mean I think the Hawks, I mean that is like the what I said, is like the Hawks are over, are in the tax next year unless they do some stuff. And so they are going to be doing things.
0: Uh, I think he's going to get waived because yeah. it's only five million. Guaranteed. That's what I was going to say. So if he gets yeah.
3: waived, he then becomes an unrestricted, and we could potentially sign him with correct. So a la yeah. TJ Warren, exact same conversation we were talking yeah. about. Maybe use a, a one year heavy deal. It's basically, what the Hawks did—they had a lot of space, and so they yeah. used mm-hmm. it. And then they used when they didn't have space, they just tacked on a non guarantee, exactly, which is something certainly we can do. I'll say
0: this: um, I, I don't want Gallinari. He's injury prone. He doesn't play great defense. He can't move at all. Yeah. Um, he would be more of just like a. Um, there is a Hawk player. Like a shot it. in yeah, the air. Yeah, do you want to stay on the Hawks? Let's do it. Let's stay on the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. The, to me, like Hawks and Jazz are two super interesting teams because they have a lot of wings that could be available. So let's go to the Hawks.
3: Um. Okay, so I'm just going to throw out this. I agree with everything you were just talking about. The Hawks, to me, are super fascinating because their bill, it's coming hard. When you throw all that money out, um, Trey is about to start making 30-plus. DeAndre Hunter's due for a payday very soon. He's going to get paid. They're going to have to do something there. They have three or four guys that play a very similar position between Herter, Hunter, and Bogdanovich. Um, I think John Collins is a really interesting player. I don't know if it's Grizz specific, but I just think he's really interesting. So, a thing that I thought of, which, again, I don't, I don't really know what this looks like. This is his trade I thought of. So, we move up to get 16. Again, I think this is very Grizz heavy, and after I came up with the trade, I was like, no way Atlanta would do this, um, maybe if I make an adjustment. Anyway, we get Bogdanovich in, 20, in sixteen this year's sixteen. Um, we give up Melton and 22, so we save them $10 million a year. We move up six spots, and then I also have us throwing them a second rounder in the future. I think if you replace that second rounder with a first rounder in the future, I think the deal happens. Um, whether that's enough to move up from 22 to 16, whether that's enough to take on Bogdanovich over Melton – their deal is both, they both have two years left on the deal. Bogdanovich is at 18 million and Melton is at eight. So again, about a $10 million difference. I'll say kind of speak on the Hawk side of things, is yes, they move back in the draft. They still keep a pick. It also saves them $10 million a year moving forward. It also gives them an extra at least second, potentially first rounder, depending on how y'all feel about Bogdanovich. For the Grizz, it gives us a 6'6 shot creator on the wing. Either start, scout it, most likely comes off the bench. He's Super not terrible defensively. Yeah, he's not he's terrible. Not he's a really good player, and it moves us up to 16. So let's just assume the second rounder in the future turns into a future first. So basically it's 22 and a future first in Melton for Bogdanovich in 16. We say lottery
1: protected on the future first, something like that. I just don't know if the Hawks would do it. But it's hard because I, I. mean, I just think like I have a couple of Hawks, you know, I basically have some friends who are Hawks fans, big Hawks fans. And they, I mean, they really like Bogdanovich. And I don't, you know, obviously that doesn't mean the front office does too. But I, I mean, I agree. They're going to have to move some money. So I know they're going to move money somehow. It's just the question is that that, um, I mean, I'm assuming DeAndre Hunter is untouchable for them.
0: I think they would probably rank it Hunter, Herter, or I don't know. Herter and Bogdanovich might flip-flop. Depending on who you talk to. Because we could
1: throw him in the trade instead of Bogdanovich. But he's Mm. not – he might not be – I don't
3: know. I think it's really interesting. I think that idea – Yeah, I don't know if I would give up two firsts to move up six spots, give up Melton, and go with Bogdanovich. I just think it's a really interesting thought. And I bet the Hawks would – my thought is they would consider it.
1: I think that's a great idea for a trade. I mean, I think they would like Melton because one, he's defensive to put next to Trey Young, could potentially be a backup point guard. Um, yeah. So I think in that sense He'd fit well he them. would be he would be a player they would want. I just I just don't know if they would think like I don't know if we could move up doing that. I think they would think, Why are you moving up? We're giving you the better player. It's the future first.
3: Yeah, and the capitality. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of that is yeah. the reason.
1: I just wonder if GM – I mean, I don't, I don't know if they care about that PR. Because the PR-wise, it would be like, wait a second. We just gave up the better player, and y'all are getting to move up. But it's the same thing you know?
3: that, like – our our front office did the exact same thing last year. Yeah. PR-wise, everyone was right. like, wow, the Grizz, horrible trade. Can't right. believe they gave up JV. Right. What are they thinking? And then the year goes, and we win 56 right. games, and everyone's like, oh, wow. But of course they don't talk – they still think we all lost the trade. We right. definitely did not lose the trade. No. But
1: but I think but that's I think our front office is better than Atlanta so maybe so can
0: we talk about the other Bogdanovich in the league uh, on the Jazz? You mean Taylor Jenkins? <laughs> he does. He looks so much like him. But Bo, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich has uh, one more year at nineteen five left left on his deal. Um, the Jazz are in sort of a crucial point in their um, trajectory. As a, as a team, uh, it seems as though Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, both don't know what their futures are going to look like there. They haven't hired a coach. And uh, I think there could be a lot of rebuilding potentially going on with the Jazz. What do you all think about Bojan as a potential guy to, uh, to target for the, for the Grizz? When you, he'd, it'd be a very similar deal to like the Barnes question.
1: I worry about him defensively. Yeah, he's not great. That's that's the that's my big worry with him.
0: He can create with the best of them, but yeah, defensively it's tougher than a Barnes.
2: And like, what does it take to get him? Like, I'm sort of curious if if our front office is viewing like, do we want to trade with another Western Conference team if we're giving them stuff that we think I don't is equitable.
0: yeah, yeah I don't dying. know if that would be a huge hang-up. I think that would be, like, number five on the list of, like, factors to weigh.
1: Right. I mean, I and I'm still, I mean, both with both McDonavichs. I mean, there's a part of me, because I tend to prize defense. I prize culture. I prize making a lot less. I mean, Melton, to me, I think there's arguments to be made that he's actually the better player to have um, in, all, in both of them. Um, uh just for all those reasons.
3: No, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I just think if you look at our roster, I think Melton is by far, maybe has the most value of anyone that's the most likely to be traded. If that makes sense, of all the no, players that I we agree. have, contract wise, it's a pretty good t- contract. Eight million, you can do a lot with that. Teams apparently value him. We clearly don't value him that much. I looked it up the other day. Him and Zaire basically played the same amount of playoff minutes, which is wild because everyone's like Zaire shouldn't be even be in the rotation. He played yeah. just as many minutes as Melton did, yeah. um, which clearly there's something there, right? right. So, right. I mean, that's I just think and that's my valuable in trades, and I think it just makes a lot of sense. And again, going back to the Gary Harris, Lonnie Walker, I think that role could be filled elsewhere. Right.
1: No, I agree with that. I think for me, that's why, like. If Atlanta would let us move up in the draft, that's great. I just think for me it's like getting, getting like the Jazz Bogdanovich. Right. Like what are we, What else are we getting by giving up Melton yep. than Bogdanovich? Uh, and that's sort, of, that's sort of the issue is I feel like we would need to get something a little bit potentially because I do think Melton is a great piece to throw in to get something. I just don't know if Bogdanovich is like a big upgrade over Melton for the role that he would play on our team.
3: Will, what were you thinking as far as giving up for him?
0: Uh, it would probably have to be just, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up too much just cause it's the one year deal. And I don't know how long I want him after this initial deal. Cause I think he is, th- yeah, he's 33. So it's like, you're just, it's a rental in a way. So, I mean, if you have to give up a player, it would be Milton. Um, just cause of all the reasons we've stated, what about a, a return to the Grizz for Jay Crowder? One year left, ten million. I don't know what the. What, I love
1: Jay Crowder. I. Uh, the, I like <laughs> but you know the funny part is he probably is a big reason for the culture we have. I think he would really struggle by not being one of our closers, though. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Like I think him not being in our closing five or starting five would be would be hard for him.
0: He's only thirty-one. That's kind of crazy to me. I would have yeah. said he was 35. Honestly, um, okay. Any other guys that you want to talk through? Any other fake trades that you want to make?
2: <laughs> yeah, where where is? I've heard of rumors of like this list that, that Ty created. I want to like, what's your be- Give me your top three. Let's okay. let's give me your yeah. Top. We need give to me your some. third. Let's go ascending into your favorite.
3: Oh, so these are all draft related trade up option stuff, not just like player for player. Um, So I just, I just came up with some, I texted a friend of the pod, Jacob Kent, basically just to kind of gauge what he thinks about them and how likely they are and all that kind of stuff. So I'll just, this is the first one I texted him. uh, First one that came to mind. So we trade and y'all just let me know what you think. Yay. Nay. That's crazy. No way they would do it. No way we would do it. All that kind of stuff. So we trade Steven Adams And pick 22 for Gordon Hayward and pick either 13 or 15, honestly, whichever one Charlotte kind of, I can't, I feel like there's very similar value between 13 and pick 15. Um, So we move up minimum seven spots, uh, maximum nine spots, which I feel like is a pretty big jump. They get off of Hayward's thirty million this year, thirty million next year. It's a big deal. We would obviously have to eat something. We would have the space, but it would it would take a lot away. Um, we give up Adams, this is an expiring eighteen million dollars. That's like literally the perfect trade for a big trade piece. It works. It fits. The big thing is we take on money. It's very similar to last year's deal with New Orleans. We take on extra money. We move up in the draft. Um, Gordon Hayward healthy could make us better Um, he hasn't been healthy in quite some time don't really count on that necessarily the big thing is like hey we're moving up seven to nine spots in the draft we're getting a playmaking wing who potentially if things work out still doesn't like take us out of you know Western Conference Finals contention and we try to look for a center elsewhere Isaiah
0: Hartenstein Steen who we've mentioned earlier call it in for me. Love it. I'm in. I believe in Gordon. I mean, Hayward.
1: I love Gordon Haywood. If he just stops getting I know. injured, but I, I mean, I, that's another one where like that would be, that would really interest me. I just wonder, I just think like <laughs> MJ so loves him and wants to, I just, I think he wants to keep him too. Like I, I think he, they, I think the Hornets keep thinking, well, we're, we're a very good team with him. And I just think that's, they will hold on to that a little bit, but I don't – I mean, but I think that's actually – that. that's a great trade. With Bridges like
0: signing it. too yes. is the big yeah. piece. And I misspoke earlier because yeah. I, I had said he was expiring after this year. But, yeah, you're right. He has two years left.
2: I'm out. I I just – it feels too much like Chandler Parsons uh, for multiple reasons. PTSD over <laughs> This there. is why Ty loves it. <laughs> he loves chan It's different. I mean – Bless it, like I wish that I wish that Hayward looked a little different. I just there's there's too much like culture, like historical issues, I think, with that one to me that uh and it just doesn't I, I'm just I just continue to bring up the like what Kleiman said. It just doesn't match to me. That doesn't match a like this this makes us a contender for sure. That's a for sure bet. It's I don't know I think if we make a big bet I think I mean his it's too creation
0: risky. is so good I I really think if he's right he's one of the perfect guys that we could slot in there but it is so risky
2: we can't do you we're not going to do that
3: if it wasn't risky there's no chance Charlotte would do it is another yeah. point I'm right. trying to make like the reason it's possible in the first place is because he he could play 65 games he could play 25 games next year. He's very expensive. Miles Bridges is about to get a huge bag. is coming up right after that. Oh, Hayward will still be on the books for that. Like, it's it's going to get real tight in Charlotte. And I could see them, again, 30-year-old Gordon Hayward, injury-prone, new coach coming in, new philosophy, new everything, start from scratch, let's kind of regroup. They've been wanting a center for a decade. Steven Adams is a very quality starting center um, they still keep a pick, they just move back. They have thirteen, fifteen already, kind of whichever one. I could see us also if we like love a guy that falls and we're like, ooh, let's look into this. Yeah, let's take on a little money. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. So that's number one. Um It'd be weird to pay like a a guy coming off the bench that much money. Yeah, it would. I'd I'd yeah. You're right. It'd also be weird for him to just pay him to go rehab everything that he has hurt, which is probably what would most likely happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one I had was the Atlanta Bogdanovich, which I just hashed out. I think that's really interesting, too. Um, So this is kind of an interesting one, too. Um, I kind of stole this from Keith Parrish at Grits and Grinds to an extent. Not exactly. Um, So this is, again, kind of looking to move up kind of stuff. So we send Cleveland, Melton, and 22 – And we get back 14 and Chetty Osmond. So Chetty Osmond, 6'7", wing. He's fine, right? Like he would probably have a role on our team. He would probably play a very similar role to Kyle Anderson. Um, He's definitely most likely worse than Melton. Also, Melton would fill a gaping hole in their roster. Um, And then we move up. We move up from 22 to 14. Right, Cleveland's clearly. I mean, they went after you know Levert, pretty win now move. Um, they're kind of on the up and up. They got to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Colin Sexton. I just okay. think it's an interesting one there too. That's very interesting. So they get the better player, we get the better pick.
1: And you, would, what was the the trade you're trading to? What what are we giving the Cavs?
3: Mel- Melton and twenty two. Yeah. Okay, so Melton and this year's pick. Number twenty two, well, and we get fourteen in Chetty. Do you Austin. think
1: Jared Allen's untouchable for them? Yeah, for sure. Okay, even though he's got a lot of years, they start, have to start, they start having to pay people soon. He this isn't probably the year; maybe in a year or two, when they yeah. got to pay. So,
3: what are your thoughts there?
1: I like it. I think that it's
0: a definitely more of a marginal kind of. You have to be confident in whoever you're picking at fourteen. Because I don't want to give up Melton just for anyone, and Osman is very close to that line of feeling like we are basically trading a known for two unknowns of how they're going to fit, and I don't know how defensively he fits either. So yeah,
1: well um, he he, unlike Melton, I don't I don't think him he's ever going to come in and just like change a few regular season games like Melton can. Right. but I think it would be, it'd be about, I mean, that would be, and similar to the Zaire pick. I mean, it's basically be like, okay, that's fine. We better pick a awesome guy, right. you know, at 14 or 16. Or sure. Whatever.
0: No, I like that one though, Tom. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Just again, trying to look, maybe take advantage moving up. We yeah. clearly want to do that. This last one, um, second to last one. This is my favorite one. You know what? I'll go with my, this one really quick. I don't think it's possible. um, Duncan Robinson clearly seems to be a little bit available. Um, Brantley's shaking his head. No, definitely not. So, yeah, the thought would be going from, like, basically taking a a future first – or, sorry, getting a future first from them. Not this year's number 27 overall that they have, but getting, like, a year 2025 pick lottery protected for Duncan Robinson and giving them, like, 29 and Melton something like that so basically we're kind of taking away we're kind of getting a pick for the future right and then also getting duncan robinson and then giving up one of this year's picks and melton again because they don't have a lot of picks moving forward so i don't know if they'd give up a future pick it's just and they probably don't want to keep duncan robinson because he's not playing that much it's just a thought i
1: didn't love it i just wanted to mention it so I'm interested in Duncan Robinson. I don't know if I'd give up Melton, but like, I think you'd have to, I think. like Well, I mean, I, I'm wondering guy. because, but it's like, we're, I mean, do you see how many years he has left? It's a lot. That's and cool. so, I mean, I feel like we're, if it, to me, it would be about waiting. I would we're not, waiting to see yeah. if, if the heat are out on him I would if not this was just this a, train. if this was just a one-year playoff thing, what do you, uh, why would they not be out on him? they gave him a massive deal and he's not even playing. Right. Well, I mean, but that's what I'm saying is for me, I'd be interested in. I'd be interested in, um, similar. I mean, this is a Gordon Hayward type thing where it's, you're, you're, we got to get paid to get right. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. But are they willing to do that? Because we have the space to take for a guy who I think, yeah. In the right matchups, uh, and is going to be. I mean, honestly, I think we'll be way more wide open than he was at Miami, with 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 the players we have. Um, you know, yeah. the question is, can he play good enough defense? Um, again, not to be a closer, but to be yeah. somebody who's uh, a knockout. I mean, think about the spacing we would have with him. I, I mean, under I understand the Heat wouldn't play him, but I'm just saying if we can get a favorable deal, he's he's somebody that I had is just like. Is it the Heaters How? like he can't he can't
2: hang in a Eastern Conference Finals or championship game?
1: That's not opportunistic. Which uh, he can't. That, well, that. I, I'm somebody who thinks that the Heat were wrong for not playing him more, but that's me. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm anti. I'm I'm against Spo. You know, he's he's not a good catcher. or anything. Not a Hall of Fame coach <laughs> man, or anything. Craft here with the tanks to quote, but guy. but I'm just saying that you have a guy who has an elite skill. And I think has shown a propensity to try to get better at certain things, and I, I just is I'll say this is he, he just so much like Bogdanovich is so much better than than him to y'all, because then he makes base the same money. It's longer.
0: I think the defensive liability with Duncan is so 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 tough. In the last, if you're going to try and be a conference finals finals team it's going to get really difficult because the teams, the good teams are going to target him, which no. is like, like they're going to do with John. So it's like, are you ever going to play them together? No, That's I mean, I th-
1: I think it's the And I'm just saying yeah. that could it be similar to what we did last year, which is we're letting, we're taking on a bad contract um, from a team that could maybe have some upside for us. I don't know. The fact that the it's, fact that he's signed through 2020 uh, six is pretty rough. Yeah. Um, I'll, you know, ooh, with the player option. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's basically <laughs> going to make, he's going to make 19 to 20 million till 25, 26, <laughs> I just, yeah, that's tough. but, but I mean, I don't, it's, I don't know. And it's probably, it's probably years of just the wanting the Grizzlies to have great shooters. But yeah. I just think it's interesting that it's interesting that it's somebody who the heat are going to probably pay to get rid of.
3: Yeah. He looks, he looks like he could be moved so. for sure. All right. This is my last one. Um, This is my favorite one. I love this so much. Okay, so it's with the whiz. So Grizzlies send out Melton, B.C., this year's 2022 first, the Golden State 2024 first as it is, just top four protected, no real extra protections. We get Kuzma and 10 in this year's draft.
1: That's a lot. Say sense. say what the you get. The Grizzlies are giving up lot. one more time.
3: Grizz get Kuzma and 10 right. from this year's draft. We give up Melton, BC, pick 22 from this year's draft, and the Golden State 2024 first. You could top 10 protect it if you want to. Yeah. Kind of, I don't think it'll be a top 10 pick, but there you could do that if you want. So I basically, just, you're getting like Golden State will be good, most likely. So, Washington's getting 2022 from this year, 2024. They're probably getting one in late teens, early to mid 20s, kind of a back half first rounder. Um, they get BC, who's quality. They also have like three guys who play that position, hence why we would get Kuzma. He's much cheaper um, than Kuzma, obviously. And they get Melton, again, combo guard. They would probably kill for a player like that. Um, and then we get Kuzma. Um, who I think would fit really well. A lot of Grizzlies people, I've mentioned that, and then we move up to 10. So basically, Washington, you're getting like a lot of different pieces, um, and then we're kind of helping you a little bit in the short term, a little bit in the long term, and then we just kind of move up to 10 and then take a shot at somebody. Highly doubt Washington does this. It's not likely people move pick 10. New Orleans did it a year ago, so that's why I'm bringing it up.
0: It'd be tough. I think with where we are, I mean, Kuzminton is very intriguing. Um, I don't know what to think of the 2024 Golden State pick right now. I think it's such a hard thing to evaluate because of how they look and then like how their young guys are playing. I don't think it's going to be like uh, in the 20s personally. It's I think only it's two be years the now. Like that's,
3: They're in the finals. I know. Like and Steph doesn't look to be slow and like I don't think they're gonna be bad all of a sudden in twenty twenty four.
0: It's not terrible.
1: Uh Golden State is one injury away.
0: Yeah. I I uh, that's my, a tough one but my, my
1: so my thing is really and part of it is I have not obviously gotten super into the draft, but part of it is just I see it as like there's three players that there's like a top three And I just, part of me wonders if we we can find somebody at 22 or 29 that's as good as 10. I mean, that would be the question, is like, if the Grizzlies just know that there is somebody at 10 that is going to be a, a major rotation player for us. And if that's the case, then I am more open to that trade. It's just giving up two people who I think can be part of a rotation on a title team, Um. We just bet like that's just a lot of upside, you know, or just I'm just it would make it would be a big risk, which I don't know if we're willing to do at this point. That's my, you know, I mean, Kuzma, I guess, is going to replace some of Brandon. um, I don't know.
0: Do you cash in the 24 chip on yeah. a number 10 pick in Kuzma is the big question?
3: Right. I think that's a, a fair point. I'm going to say this quietly. If I could whisper it, I would. I think I think Kuzma's better than B.C. Um, let's move on <laughs> so I think you're upgrading there personally Brantley agrees with me will maybe is like maybe me the finger but maybe. but um, part
1: of it is wondering second so chance he, points Kuz, are in, important. In, a, in a vacuum he may be but thinking about like the BC Jaron combo yeah. does, Kuzma, does combo. Kuzma is Kuzma a role person though I, don't, yeah. I mean he's been one all his career We'll get, that's, that's different.
0: You, you BC versus Kuzma is an interesting it conversation. It is, it, is, it is.
3: People will disagree on that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, just keep going back to climb, a few things, which we've harped on. Climbing basically being like, the window's open. If there's a guy at 10 that thinks that, like, this could be, like, let's not kick this down the road and, like, save our assets. Like, let's go get the guy. And if he's there, I think we would do it. We literally did this a year ago for a guy who everyone considered would be there at 17, which is Zaire. Like everyone's like, why did they move up to a guy that they could pick at just 17? And we did. And we took on money, all that kind of stuff. So now we would basically be sending out assets. We'd be giving some up. But a part of me is like, climb as Louie said, the windows open. We definitely weren't talking that way a year ago. And if I just feel like if there's a guy at 10 that we're like, this could be like, not like the guy, obviously, but like definitely a guy that we think in next year, two years, three years, four years from now could be like a like very primary contributor on a title team. I could see us giving up those assets because again, the the window is open. So
0: I think if do y'all have any more? You want to throw out? any more trades?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, so I don't really have trades. I more have kind of basically, would we be willing to give up like Melton and picks for these people mm. or something like that? And so, um, so the couple of the ones I, I looked at, um, because I looked at more kind of teams. So like, to me, I know the nuggets are going to make moves because they're over the cap. They, they historically do not go over the cap. They just let their GM go because they didn't want to pay him a lot of money. They're a cheap team. Um, and so I looked at them being over the cap and so then wondering if, you know, we would be interested in a Will Barton or um, or a Marcus Morris or not Marcus Morris, uh, Monte. Monte Morris, um, maybe filling that backup point guard if Tyus is gone. Um, and so I wasn't necessarily like seeing who we would trade, but just like so that interests me. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. with the Pelicans as being somebody who we can maybe just even like just y'all give. Y'all save money, give him us, you know, um, give him to us and, you know, maybe do some pick swapping type stuff. But um and then uh were y'all maybe interested in Jeremy Grant at all? It's a it's worth a conversation. I think that his
0: um I mean he plays the right position for us. He checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. Um I'm interested in what his his particular culture fits right that that would be but, my
1: concern too I don't know um, but I mean he kind of fits he's I mean all, all the things we said about the Harrison Barnes is basically the same like matching salary type like the same kind of salary same kind of deal yep Um, and then I just <laughs> they're Orlando magic to me because they're about to get a big they're about to get a you know a number one pick they have a lot of young guys but they just have a lot of people Jonathan Um, Isaac. Jonathan Isaac which is sort of like a TJ Warren type Been injured a lot, lots of upside. Who knows? The Mo Bomba was thrown out, even a Markel Fultz. Although it makes a lot, you know, he he probably makes, I think he makes too much money for like the kind of backup point guard, but just, yeah, but just thinking about something like taking on money um, for somebody who was once a number one pick, seeing if our culture, part of the thing with the magic too is that like I just think our culture, which is why Mobamba is a little more interesting to me too. It's just I think those are the kind of guys, the second draft guys. That's like they went to a bad culture, and now they're coming to our culture, and in a role where they're not going to be asked to do a ton, but we're going to like give them everything they need. So those are, I mean, those are just sort of like players out there, um, and then the Knicks are just always interesting because I think they're not well run, and they um, are always looking to make a lot of just a lot of uh, moves and are trying to get off salaries and all those things. And so I I just thought of, you know, um, you know, obviously Mitchell is a free agent, so he doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But uh, but looking at a couple of um, of players that I just wonder if they need to get off money, we could kind of like um, let me see that that I would be interested in.
3: So they have Fournier on three years, 18, yeah, which is which kind I don't, of a lot.
1: Yeah, which I don't want to touch him. Alec Burks, two years, 10 million. Alec really Burks, Burks, Burks is somebody. Noel, Noelle, years. Nine, I mean, honestly, Noelle. like a Quentin Grimes who's on a rookie contract who played well, I think, for them. I ended up watching a lot of Knicks games. Like just as somebody who you're paying $2.3 million and he's a big point guard who can play really good defense. Um, I don't think they would give up. They're not looking to get rid of quickly at all, and I don't know if we need him. Um, you know they're not going to give up topping. So, but and then obviously the Cam Reddish is out there, which I still don't really know why they traded for him. But and he was on your list. He was. So he was on the list. So and then the the only other weird thing, the other thing, because I don't, we just played them, but uh, but I just was looking at um, Beasley and Nas Reed, yeah, and thinking if they could be the two of them, get them for something, especially like if Nas we end up losing Adams. Um, because I think Nas Reed fits that kind of stretch big who could, but also does a lot of the center thing. Steven, Adam, he, he's sort of Steven Adams, not as good of a rebounder, but like obviously stretches the floor. So that's, but that's, that was about basically it, um, that I saw looking through my notes. No, but those are, those are the other things. But I actually think that probably ties more on, uh, has the right idea and that I think if we do a trade, I think it's going to involve draft picks in the draft and moving up or moving back or something like that.
2: All right. I think the name I'm most interested in just for the record of all the names we've mentioned is Lonnie Walker. The fourth be really, I just think he's like a fringe opportunistic move. That's like not a massive bet. Get him in a better, like he's got better playmakers around him he gives us a little bit more length and kind of like that melting spot. Mm-hmm. I would love to see it.
1: Oh, I had one more. Sorry. One more, and this fits in the Bogdanovich. Uh, Duncan Robinson, even though y'all hated that one. <laughs> Joe Harris for the Nets. Didn't play a game this year, Didn't play a game this year but save he's, money. he's a guy who I had wanted in the past. Uh, who I... Was interested in drafting if he'd been there, um, but he makes eighteen million, and he would kind of fit all those things. The Nets are another team; they're going to be doing a bunch of stuff, figuring things out. Um, has to, would want draft picks. Um, we could take that on. I don't know. What do y'all think about Joe Harris? His nickname is Beef Jerky Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a but he's Duncan Robinson that yes, actually plays defense. He
0: does. I, I wouldn't mind Joe Harris um, for the right. Price, I I think I'm out.
3: um Big time injury history. He would be our oldest player, which is pretty wild. um He'd be our only he 30 can year old on the roster. like crazy. He can't make it rain. He's actually a pretty good defender. He's UVA, um, good culture guy. He literally we shot. Like. He shot like over 47 percent twice already in his career. Like he can just stroke. <laughs> yeah. And um, he plays decent I mean, and that's the thing. He's
1: not a defensive minus. That, no, like, he, yeah, he, I mean, he I don't know if the Nets tries I, and
3: stuff like that. I yeah. don't really think they would either. Cause I think yeah. if they have him this year, I think they look a lot different as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're about to free up a ton of space when Kyrie goes and plays somewhere else. Um, so yeah, I love the Lonnie Walker thing. I just, I'm the biggest thing that I think to take away is the freedom of involving Melton in a trade, replacing him with a guy like Lonnie Walker and then trying to go get like another wing or some, or even move up in the draft, um, to give you yourself a better chance at like a a, a better do prospect. Do y'all feel there.
1: like Lonnie Walker is an upgrade over Melton?
2: I do. I just, I just really think that it's taking a shot at somebody who's not gonna just beat a somewhat zero in the playoffs. Melton. Melton is great in the regular season. We're trying to find guys that can show up when it really matters, when the when it get, the lights get a little bit brighter. I just don't think Mel, Melton has, I think, enough sample size of data over two years that shows he can't handle that moment. So Lonnie Walker hasn't been given the opportunity yet. He's played in some playing games. I don't have the, those stats up in front of me. I would say that that those aren't even really a good data set to analyze. So I think the two inches plus w- whatever hairstyle he's going with <laughs> could have some interesting vertical impact. He, he's from like 6'4 to 6'8. He did struggle. So I don't think he's a massive price point. I, I, um, yeah, he shot 40% two years ago.
0: Went out. Out. Uh, all right, last, last, last thing. Over over two and a half hours of content Good. tonight. You're welcome, everybody. Sponsored by uh, Joss Amigos. Shout out. Um, all Ty, right.
2: Ty Joss Amigos. Ty's Amigos.
0: Other than Tyus and Kyle, I'm going to throw out an over-under, and you got to tell me whether you're going over-under, and that's how we're going to end the pod. Over-under, one and a half players that are different on our roster besides Tyus and Kyle. So take them off over under
2: one and a half. Over. Over. I'm taking the under.
1: Uh, I'm taking the over just because of it would go like climbing made it me feel like they're not just running it back. Even though I feel that way. Yeah, that they are. I mean,
0: taking away like the Killian Tillies of the world and like the very, very marginal guys, I think. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be one of the like, it would have to be a Melton, Clark, Conchar and or Tillman. Like out of those four, to me, it would be like over under but you one need and two half. of those. You need two in to order win to- this bet. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under based on the uh the the marketplace that we just i don't feel like there were multiple deals that I was like absolutely two of them cash it in that are realistic from the other side not
2: bringing but, back let's just say not bringing back Kyle Tyus, and Melton if that were to happen for instance is yeah. a is a big locker room impact is a big look and feel impact yeah sure. I, the team is very very different depending on who you replace that with and who gets those minutes
0: split at the end of the pod. We had a lot of a lot of fun trades. It'll develop over time. We're recording this on June 7th. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be released. Um but with new reporting, we'll uh we'll probably get together again before the draft and we'll definitely have our live draft episode. It's going to be hilarious when the Grizzlies take the zero players that night. Uh but it'll be fun. Uh but thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging with us. This is like one of the most fun pods of the year. So uh, We will be back with you very soon.